Welcome to Bold Girl Biz Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to fearless and brave entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Robbie Walls. So consider yourself one step closer to success. Why? Because you're going to hear lessons learned through failures, setbacks, and sometimes laughable moments in business. And the resilience it takes to get back up, shake it off, and move you from failure to success as a way to grow your business and build income. Let's go. Hey, welcome everyone to Bold Girl Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Walls. I'm super excited about today's guest. You know, I love, 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 love talking to leadership people and consultants. And today, today, we are going to really dive into some really good content. So today's guest is a leadership consultant with a broad base experience in positioning organizations for success in the private sector and in the public. She works with senior executives, developing leaders who can execute organizational strategy and drive business results. You know, it's all about the results. She's consulted a, a wide range of corporate sectors um, that include financial services, insurance, oil and, oil and gas, pharmaceutical, accounting, and more. Here to talk, Bold Girl Biz is a bold girl talking biz. Let's welcome Dr. Cindy Waller to the show. Hello, Cindy. How are you? I am awesome, and I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. It's a privilege. Oh, I am so glad that you are here. Um, let's talk. I know I um, you have a groundbreaking book that I want to introduce. But before we get into that, I want to talk about how you got started. Um, this is a show about being bold and our entrepreneurs are really probably looking to follow in your lead. How did you get started? Great question. So I come from a long line of family members who are entrepreneurs, mm. are self-employed, mainly within the blue collar industry from electricians to manufacturing to butchers, etc. And I had probably exposure at an early age to discussions at the table around um, how to grow a business, what, what do you need to look at, profit margins, um, expenses. Mm -hmm. And I realized that over time I absorbed that information, but it also was not something that was necessarily supported by my family or friends from the point of view it's a risky endeavor in terms of where you're probably going with this versus getting a job that's salaried. So I started off as a salaried employee, like most of us do, and soon found out that my creativity, my risk-taking, my threshold for boredom, which is low, meant that <laughs> I, <laughs> I probably that. <laughs> didn't fit in to be the model employee. And I didn't understand why rules had to be certain ways and why there was process and procedure. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I started to question and then I went around and I asked a bunch of colleagues 
um, and others about starting off on my own. And I received lots of caution, you know, Cindy, it's risky. Um, it may not work out. You'll have an unstable income. You will be rejected. And so I had to think hard about that advice that I know was coming from a good place, but nonetheless, it was daunting and a bit discouraging. I would say so. Wow. So I thought about it and I thought, well, you know, if I don't take the risk, um, then when will I ever do it? And what oh, is, so I always ask myself, what is the absolute worst that could happen that I, I could, I failed or that I say, at least I tried, I went out there, did my due diligence, did my research and tried. And so here I am over two decades later, um, running my own business and, um, having the best time in my life. And, enjoying it with passion and enthusiasm. I love that. You know, we always have naysayers. And if you out there have had naysayers, don't listen to them. Do not listen to them. As Cindy can, she is a testimonial right here that says, you know, they, they even said that you were at risk. And here you are today talking to me, being bold. And that's what it's all about. Thank you, Cindy, for, for sharing that story. I really appreciate that because that speaks volumes. It really does. Uh, let's talk about um, the journey. Um, you said you work with senior executives. Um, how, how does that work and how does that look like? Sure. So going back in time, I, my first break was from a CEO of an insurance company that I knew from another colleague. And she said to me, you know, you're, you are not a known quantity. And because of that, I'm going to at least allow you to work with one or two executives to give you a chance. And I want you to develop them as part of my succession plan and talent pipeline. And so I started with that and then built from there. How I work with organizations is in a number of ways. So many organizations um, have talent planning, leadership development programs and bring in external vendors for a number of different employee levels, whether it's high potentials, whether it is seasoned executives that have um, new roles, new mandates, and the idea is to understand what skills are required. And I provide the coaching to coach for those skills. So for example, somebody maybe been an individual contributor most of their career, and now they have to lead a team. Um, and how do they motivate and inspire? Or they have a platform that lacks alignment from stakeholders. And so at senior levels, how do you get everybody aligned because we all have our own interests, our own priorities, and how do you influence and how do you impact? So different variables related to leadership effectiveness and um, relative to the culture of the organization, most organizations understand the value of investing in their, in their leaders because the technical skills are ones that we can teach leadership skills Sure. Uh, are much harder to come by and truly, I believe, is an art. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, and that leads me to transition into your book, which I love the title. So listen uh, to her title. It is called 20 Effective Habits for Mastery at Work. And that provides leaders with a roadmap, correct? 
Correct. So going back to your first point, Robbie, when I thought about writing a book, I went around again to colleagues and said, I'm thinking about writing a book. (laughs) (laughs) Cindy, we're sure you have lots to say. We don't question that. However, it's tough out there. Um, There are many books on leadership and how will you ever get the book out? It's heavy lifting. It's a lot of work. How will you promote it? Mm -hmm. And all those things are true. But once again, I think people project their own fears, their own anxiety, their own um, feeling of overwhelmed around taking those risks. But once again, I thought, well, okay, I can write a book and it's possible nobody will want it and I won't be able to publish it or maybe I will have some success. So you're right. It very much is a roadmap. I wrote it with the point of view that it's practical, that we um, want to teach the audience around things that they can come away with takeaways around what are the key leadership skills and what do you need to do to put those things in practice. And so, um, and then I demonstrate those skills through examples of clients that I've had who are required to evolve some of those skill sets. And that's probably the journey. My clients are the ones who really, in a way, wrote the book. So they're the ones that told me the stories and I, through their eyes and through working with them, were able to convey um, their success stories, their challenges, um, some of the obstacles. But you're right, the idea is that it's an action-oriented book that you could put into practice as opposed to conceptual or theoretical. I like that. Uh, So let's dive a little bit into some of the key components and um, some messages that that's in the book that you have aligned with your clients and 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 the success rates. Um, I would love to hear a story um, that is one of your stories that you can pull out and share with our audience. Sure. So I'll tell you about one um, topic that I, that I discuss that probably is a lightning rod for most and many conversations amongst leaders, no matter what a level you are in an organization where you've just been promoted to be a manager or whether you're more of a senior leader. And so I do have a chapter and a topic on self-promotion. And when we typically think about self-promotion, we think about it in a way that suggests that we're, um, doing it in a way that's either arrogant or that we're the smartest person in the room or we know more as opposed to that if you are not noisy if you are not able to really um advertise your accomplishments and your achievements then other people will be rewarded and you will be marginalized and so i remember you know many not not just one, but I can give you one story to your point um, of one leader. She said to me, you know, I grew up in a home where I was taught to be humble, which meant it wasn't about looking for compliments. It wasn't around raising my hand and saying, hey, look at me, I should have an award or I should be recognized, you know, for doing this kind of work. It was more about that two things. One, it's your job to do good work. So why do you need to have uh, accolades or special recognition? And two, um, it's all we're told all the time. It's about the team. So I said to her that it is about the team for sure, but you are the architect, you are the visionary, you have the strategic uh, outlook around the horizon and where the team needs to be. And so 
you need to explain that to your peers, to those who are senior to you, as how you shape that. What is your voice? Um, and that to me is can be done in a way that's humble, because if we don't really promote what we do, then it's either taken for granted or somebody else takes our space who says, you know, instead, I'm great and grand and you should be looking at me. And so it is about um, really um, showing in a spotlight on yourself in a way that is um, has integrity, in a way that's authentic and a way that's grounded in in facts and the way to promote yourself is not only through you but it's do you have the advocacy in your organization mm -hmm. do you have a sponsor do you have others who say look at robbie around what she does look at her contribution she has currency because of these factors she develops successors um she allows people to take risks she empowers whatever robbie does um that is about her leadership that we want to capture and capitalize on that is fantastic. I like that because I know many leaders that put themselves inside of a box and they do what is told of them or what they know that their belief system is, right? And it sounds to me that you pull that out and say, no, capitalize on yourself and set yourself apart. Is that correct? Absolutely. And you're right. We do put ourselves in a box around here are the skills that I have. And right. it's why we are we are hired. We're hired for those specific skills. But you can't affect change and you can't deliver um, and execute unless you do it through people. And so those are this, the attributes and the skills that you want to capitalize on. And as you say, that allows you to differentiate yourself. So why do some leaders get the best out of others? Um, and more out of others than than other leaders. And it is because they could connect better with their peers, with their direct reports, and they equally explain the deliverables, but it's those who make those connections and really show empathy and caring towards the people they work with. Sure. Wow. I love that. And in your practice, have you had any challenging moments, um, either with your clients or just with the infrastructure of building your business where maybe you had to shift and change in yourself? Uh, those, these are great questions. I love because <laughs> they're hard questions since you're making me yeah. think about me. <laughs> so on the first one, yes, um, there are many times where I have um, challenging clients and it may be for different reasons. So they may be referred to me um, for what they think is working on a particular leadership attribute. Maybe it's executive presence mm -hmm. when in fact, the, the reasons they're being referred to me is for something very different. Maybe it has to do with their peer relationships, but their, um, their own senior executive um, or um, people around them did not explain it properly. And so when we start to build rapport, then it's, it becomes me who needs to sort of level set and say, actually, we're going to be working on this. And so sometimes that can be unsettling because they have to regroup and sure. uh, figure that out. Or a lot of times I may get a challenge. Well, look how successful I've been, Cindy, and look how much revenue I bring in for the organization. So yes, I may be harsh and bold and direct and abrasive, but that doesn't matter because I'm effective. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it comes back to the how, 
um, and not the why. And so those are challenging kinds of clients where I need to um, work with them to explain that they have to align with the culture and the values of the culture um, around how they um, deliver and how they influence and how they build teams. Wow. Um, yeah, that is very important uh, for everyone to hear that because we can sometimes not only not listen to that and always go to what you've always known. So thank you for sharing that because that really en enlightens one's mind to think at a different pace because business is different, even though you're bold and assertive, but there is a way around to do that so that you can shine your light differently amongst all of your other peers. Absolutely, that's true. And the other question that you asked me is around what I need to do to adjust to organizations, yes. challenges. So I think there are a number of points. One is I need to, I do need to understand the culture. So let's say, for example, I am working within biotech, not all biotech companies are the same in terms of culture and leadership. And it would be a mistake for me to assume that, um, Assertiveness means the same thing in different organizations or teaming means the same thing. So it's up to me to understand the culture. And I, so that's one part of it. And then the other challenge is, is when um, the company is looking for their employees to be innovative, to be creative. But yet to your point earlier, there are a whole bunch of layers, whether it's risk, whether it's legal, um, that whether it's audit that needs to um, really oversee, screen, do their due diligence, corporate governance. And sometimes that um, comes into a bit of conflict with those who want to innovate because they're being told to slow down or yes. they're being told that there are liabilities. And so how do I, as their leadership coach, as their leadership consultant, help them align the pace and their expectations, but still preserve that creativity? So that's probably one of the challenges. How do we resonate, you know, both the corporate governance with um, okay, we want you to go out there and be bold and do great things, but within certain parameters. Mm, that's so good. That is so good. Um, so do you have a program set for companies? Are you one on, or are you one on one? How do you, how do you work through your coaching practice? So all of the above, some of it is um, individual one-on-one -on -one coaching. Others are program initiatives targeted at it may be women, diversity, inclusion. It may be a program for um, newly emerging leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, it may be onboarding for new leaders new to the organization. So it may be group, it may be content-wide, and it may be one-on-one. Um, -on -one. So depending on um, the needs and where the organization is at and whatever their growth cycle is. So is the organization growing organically? Are they growing through acquisition? Um, and all those require different skill sets and a different level and type of investment. Sure. Great. And what can people, uh, like yourself, audience, anyone out there listening, especially senior executives, what can people expect from working with you? Candor transparency, directness, brevity. 
So I will tell it like it is. Um, All right. I love so, it. <laughs> and that you will come away with some tangible skills to go and try. And so, and then you can come, if you were my client, Robbie, you, I would say, okay, here are the things that I want you to try. If you have challenges with a, um, a colleague who is um, dominating conversations, constantly interrupting you, here's the things that I want you to try. I want you to suggest and say to that peer, um, I find that you interrupt me often, I need you to pause, I need you to step back, sure. and so that you try it. And then you come back to me and you say, Cindy, that didn't work, that was a bomb, right. or that, and we'll try something else, or that really worked out well, and I have to keep doing it consistently. So um, there are outcomes because this is a business proposition like any others and I need to be um, measured against outcomes for the coaching or the leadership initiative. And that's driving results. I love that. <laughs> that's driving results. So I yes. won't accept any engagement or initiative unless we've clarified what are the goals and what are the metrics to measure those goals. And then we're all clear, we're going in what direction and when it's going, when it is going not in that direction, then we can course correct and we can have a chance to put everything back in the order that or train that it needs to be on. Sure, I love that. So tell us what is next for you and the book? So the, yeah, the book was just published mid-February. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so although I come from a high-achieving and overachieving family, I haven't exactly um, nailed what's next. I think the idea really is about um, having opportunities with yourself and others to promote the book, get the message out there, and receive feedback on the value of the book, and um, get it to as many audiences as, as possible. Um, that would be my short to intermediate goal. I love that. No, that is, that is fantastic because that is what we're here for. And that's why we share your message to the world, to the masses. I love that. How can my community get in touch with you? So I'm um, on Twitter. My handle is Cindy Waller. I'm on LinkedIn as Cindy Waller. And of course, my website is cindywaller.com. So you Google my name and I'm easily found. And you will see in addition to my book, there are many um, articles and publications on a vast array of leadership topics that I write about and come, come from my clients. So you you I think I'm uh, fairly easy to spot and um, and to engage with. Cindy, where are where are you located? So I'm based in Toronto, Canada, and uh, my work is well pre-COVID. Of course, uh, my work was across um, North America and some European countries: the UK, Germany, Singapore, um, and will continue to be that way once you know the economy and. Um, opens up, but yes. So a lot of the work I do is virtual and some involves uh, travel and on site. Great, great. Um, I wanna just jump back because we have a little bit of more time. I, In your book, you, you have 20 effective habits. Do you have one that, I, I wanna say a favorite one, but one that really, really resonates with people that they need to really work on? Is there one effective habit that you truly focus in on? 
Sure, that's a terrific question because I'm asked, why 20? And I say, that's a good point. <laughs> There's probably 80. And so, you know, and it, you know, it depends where you are in your career and what industry. But I would say that communication is the key. And uh, yeah. really, what do we mean when we talk about listening? What, what does active listening mean? And am I listening? So I'm listening just to have a space so when I can speak, when you're finished, is that listening? Or am I listening because... I enter into the conversation with you with the idea I could learn, with the idea you're going to teach me something and that I'm going to adapt and include your viewpoint because as we know, diversity of thought leads to more robust decisions and conclusions and solutions. And so I think a lot of us can learn how to communicate more effectively, meaning listen more, listen with wanting to understand and listen to the idea that what is the goal from your communication is the objective that you hear me because I want you to do what I think you need to do the way I want you to do it. Do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Or is it that I'm explaining something and, but I'm listening because you're going to offer up a better way or a more expansive way to get to our end goal. That to me mm -hmm. is listening. Mm -hmm. And when you leave a meeting, the idea is that it was nobody's idea. It was everybody's idea. Yet everybody has ownership. If you're able to achieve that when you leave a meeting that everybody feels they owned it and everyone thought it was their idea, then you as a leader have been successful. That is good. That's good. The whole part of owning it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not just an I, it's a we, it's everyone. Oh, I love that. That is very awesome. Well, as we wrap up, I want to thank you so much. This has truly been awesome talking with you today. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you, Robbie, for the opportunity. It's been fun. And uh, you've asked me some really pointed, terrific questions. So thank you for that. Yes, yes. And much, much success on, on this book. I'm excited about it. I love the title. And um, Go, going back to 20 and communication being the number one, uh, what's the, what's your last one? What's that number 20? <laughs> well, we can order them in any way you want, but at the end of the day, it really is about pivoting. So your ability to adjust to different circumstances, whether it's leadership style, whether it is communication style, whether it's economic cycle, and the more you can adapt, mm -hmm. the more then you are able to be flexible with others, which is important and how you, how you solution. If you're rigid and a linear thinker, then you are probably going to have a shorter lifespan around your ability to be effective so as you say life changes business cycles change technology changes and are you able to keep pace because you say well that worked yesterday but i'm looking for a new solution tomorrow i love that that is pivoting right that's pivoting. that is pivoting wow thank you for that golden nugget thank you You're very well, well audience this has been quite phenomenal. And I have learned a lot and I hope you have many takeaways. Well, there are two ways to learn. You can make your own mistakes or learn from others. I'm your host, Robbie Walls, and I'm here to help you grow your business with new strategies and different ideas so that you sell more and sell better without needing years of experience. It's time to take a bold move and take action 
in your business. Text the word BOLD to 55312. Schedule 30 minutes with me. Personally, I look forward to hearing from you. And I love you for listening. And I will see you next time on Bold Girl Biz. Hey, thanks for listening to Bold Girl Biz. If you've enjoyed today's lessons learned, leave us a comment or review. And for today's show notes, head over to boldgirlbiz.com and click podcast. While you're there, you'll find tools to help you power through your journey to success to achieve your goals. Always remember, I believe in you. You are powerful and you are bold. See you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.